fun. Welcome back to the Bad Blue Podcast, people. We're back after a little gap. Uh, today, we've got another special guest. We've been waiting to get this man on for a long, long time. Uh, first, I would like to introduce a couple of sponsors. Spartan BK Fight Club. Number one, Ban will be a pit fighting organisation in Europe. Mr. Bloom's Black Seed Oil Mechanic. Great product. Many health benefits. Give them a try. Also, Scott West Shellfish. Amazing company with amazing people. Uh, just absolutely banging. Brilliant. Love the support and made long made continue. Uh, welcome, Paul. How are you? I'm good, mate. I'm good. Finally, we're getting you on. The stars have aligned. The time is right. It's been a while. It's been a while. I'm sure we've been trying to get you on for months now. Sure. Here I am. <laughs> How are you anyway? I'm good, mate. I'm good. I'm in a good place. Yeah, I've got a lot going on. I'm going to let it all out now. Um, yeah, I'm busy. Even though we're in this COVID situation, I'm, I'm digging deep and I'm trying my best to keep very busy. Well, obviously through your Facebook posts, uh, yeah. I'm going to go a little bit off topic here. We'll start with the coronavirus. Um, I'm one of the people who think it's massively exaggerated. Um, some of the stuff that they're trying to implement without the public really knowing, slipping into little bills here and parliamentary things here. What's your overall take on it, Paul? I don't even want to go into it too much, but I'm I'm on the same I'm on the same shelf as you. I mean, I think there's something out there because obviously there's a lot going on, but I'm I'm massively against it. I mean, I'm I'm not anti-vax. I'm not. You know, I'm not against anyone's opinion on it, but I, I'm on the same shelf as you. I think it's overly exaggerated. I think there's a lot of people making a lot of money out there. I think, you know, it, it, it's winding me up. I mean, the, the thing that's just wound me up the most is not being able to go and watch me, me little girl's first sports day. But yet all this football's going on and this going on and that's going on. Ask what's happening. Um, it's completely pissed me off. I mean, I'm, I've tried to put it aside and stay busy, but that's just pissed me off the most. What do you think the overall agenda is? Because it, it, it seems to be so contradictory on many terms and on many levels. It just doesn't make sense, some of the stuff that comes out. I don't think it ever will, Lee. I don't think it ever will. I think there's something definitely going on. There's something definitely, definitely, definitely going on. There definitely is an agenda. I don't care what anyone says. There's things that they're trying to bring in, and it's obvious now, with one reel for one, one reel for another. There's that much, I mean, there's that many people now, there's that many conspiracy theorists saying this is happening, that's happening. I mean, going from a cashless society and this and that, there's that much going on. I, I, try, not to, I try not to focus on what's going on, and I just try and do what I can. I mean, obviously, with opening a business now, you'd have to be aware of what you can and can't do. Yeah. Um, so you've got to keep up with it as such. But again, I'm trying not to because it just winds me up. It really, really gets to me. As a sportsman, does it, does it concern you whether some countries are saying you've got to be double vaccinated does that put a restriction on where your potential earnings could be like 
made or does that restrict you to just fighting in certain countries? How, how much of an effect will that happen uh, have if that does happen? Hopefully not too much. I mean, I think it's affecting everybody and every sportsman at the minute, apart from the people at the very top. Um, I mean, it's scary. I was thinking about this the other day, about there's no talks at all about small hall shows at the minute. Mm. That's scary. That's that's very, very scary. Um, it is a concern. It is a real concern because at the, fir- the first lockdown, I was talking to Steve Goodwin, and Steve Goodwin even said, he said, for the first year, two year, he says, small hole boxing is dead, forgot about. Yeah. That, to me, is really concerning because it's always a higher echelon that always seems to get looked after. There's no middle ground and there's okay. certainly no room for the bottom, which nope. really, it's outcasting boxers. I had boxers messaging me, saying that they had lost sponsorships because sponsors uh, companies had to fold. It's really turmoil time for the middle and lower tier for and boxers. And it's not just in boxing. I mean, over the last couple of days, where I live now in Orkney, we've been really, really lucky. Now, when that first lockdown was in, we never really had anything here. Over the last, since last March, all, to, I mean, this population on this island where I am, there's only... 22,500 people, I believe. I think the population is just under 23,000. We've only had 70 cases and two apparent deaths of COVID. But with all the background in people dying of cancer and this and that, and apparently dying of COVID, them two deaths here, they were elderly and they were people with a lot of problems. So for me to believe that this is so serious, with us only having 70 cases here. But now all of a sudden, over the last three days, four days, the cases here have gone warm and risen because, again, during the first lockdown, we were lucky. So we stopped everything coming in and out. Yeah. But Orkney at the minute, I've let a lot of people in because we've been so lucky. People are looking at Orkney now as that's where we need to go. So now everyone's come here. It's mm-hmm. very busy with, with travellers, with, with campers, with walkers. Now our cases have risen where other cases everywhere else have been bit, like, not bad, but mm-hmm. this island at the minute has skyrocketed. The football the other day is mad because I've, I've been playing footy here to get my fitness up. Mm-hmm. Um, we played on Tuesday. Now, this is what this is what's completely threw me. Orkney, They've got a, a newspaper called The Orcadian. The Orcadian put a message out. If you've been to the pub over the last eight days, this is what's really. If you've been to the pub over the last eight days, you need to take a test and self-isolate until you get your result. They cancelled all the amateur footy, but yet they've still let... They have what's called a parish cup. So, like, they've got a league and then they've got a parish cup. A parish cup is like... Uh, all parts of the island. Like, say I live in Rendell, and then, yeah. like you being in Newcastle, you know the way you have different parts of Newcastle? Yeah. Right, so different areas in Newcastle would have a football team. Uh-huh. They've let them football teams carry on this weekend, but they've cancelled the league. Doesn't make sense. I'm, I'm 
it's just little things like this. Like, like I said to you at the start, I believe there's something out there, but these rules and the way things are happening mm-hmm. and these big events carrying on with the little events not happening, it's completely throwing me. No, it's largely... It's- Believe it makes you believe about all these people that have cried from the start. Something's going on. Something's going on. It makes you think. Are these people? Are these people actually telling the truth now, or are yeah. these seeing something I'm not, uh-huh. or have I been oblivious to it? Oh, uh-huh. yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I'm with you on that. With the double vaccination, obviously, all all strains of viruses mutate now. Yeah. Can you see a third lockdown coming in? Because obviously, if enough people's been double vaccinated, isn't surely that enough to not lock uh, the country down for the third time? I don't know, because they've turned around and said, even if you're vaccinated, you can still carry. So, (laughs) that that I can't say anymore. Bewildered. (laughs) Bewildered. Moving on anyway, Paul. Right. Boxing. What first got you into boxing? When did you first walk into the gym? How did it all start for you? Okay, so my my upbringing wasn't the best. Um, my uh, I'm going back to when I was even before nine. So my my upbringing, my household was was a violent place. So growing up, I was watching my dad beat my mother from from very very young all the way up till I was about nine. I mean, it didn't stop at nine, but I was a little bit older, I was a little bit wiser. Um, I was going into year, I think it was year, yeah, yeah, it was, it was year six primary. There was a letter that went round saying that when you go into next year, which was year seven, um, it was going to be boxing starting. So I was like, okay. I don't I don't ever remember saying to myself, I want to try boxing because yeah. I liked sport. I was never that type of person to want to even fight but I think because of the household because of the violence I think I needed somewhere to go I mean don't get me wrong I didn't say to myself I need to go and let me hang it out yeah. I think it was something that told me you need to go do this or you need to go try this gravitated towards yeah so um, they, don't get me wrong this wasn't a boxing gym this was something set up in the school it was more like boxing fitness or introducing boxing to the youngest. So I remember going, I remember um, Martin Venti, the England coach, he was taking this with, with another boxer called Gary Jones. Um, he was an England international, dead, very small, probably was dead, wasn't he? Um, I remember going and I remember sticking at it for a couple of weeks and he kept commenting on my footwear. And you know when you, when you get someone not believing in your book, Nipping at you saying, Oh, you're good, you're good, you're good. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm saying I'm going back to what I said before. I didn't even want to be at this place. I didn't, I had no intention on learning to fight or box. I think it was just, yeah, they let me hang it out. And ever since then, I never looked back. So I was there, I think I met, how long? I must have been a couple of months, about six months I was there for. And Martin Venti turned around and said to me, Can I introduce you to Mick McElroy, who was the heightened amateur boxing club coach and I was like I don't want to do this mate this is a proper gym it's dead intimidating so so Martin takes me down there on a Monday and says look this is Paul he's been with the school for six months I'd like him to try because he's got he might, like I said he, he's seen something give me footwork and 
So anyway, I started going. And obviously then you start sparring, you start doing the proper runs, you start training hard. And I didn't ever look back. Um, and within the first year, I think I had seven fights. So I got stopped on my first. Now, your first fight is an amateur. If, the way I looked at it is, even though I got beat, I got stopped. I was embarrassed. It wasn't It wasn't the boxing I was there for, so it didn't bother me. You faced, basically, in your first fight, what many boxers fear throughout their whole career. Yeah, and it didn't it didn't faze me because it wasn't the boxing I was there for. It wasn't mm. the win I was there for. I was there for a different reason. I was there for me. I was there for for my own peace of mind, for me to be able to let that that aggression out without thinking to myself in that fight, oh, I hate my dad and I'm having all these problems at home. It was just, I'm having a fight. This this is it. Yeah. Wow. So after that, after that first fight, I, I just kept going back. And I think I only had about, in my first year, I think he only had about seven because there was pullouts. There was a lot of pullouts when I was younger. There was a, oh, you can't fight because of this, or you can't fight because of that. I was always in the gym. I was always fit. It just never seemed to happen. So when I moved on to different to different clubs, um, I never ever looked back. Never, I've always, always, always been in the boxing for for me. I've not been on the boxing because of. Don't get me wrong. I only started doing it, the boxing, as a. For me and the sport, for me looking in, I want to do well now. Uh-huh. Only, only when it turned pro. Right. I didn't, I didn't even want to. I wasn't. I was never in it to win. Mm-hmm. It's weird me saying that, and a lot of boxers be like, "What? Never in it to win?" A lot of boxers will relate to what I'm saying, mm-hmm. coming from the background I had, or any sort of. Uh, violence or abuse or not having a dad or not having a mom or it's a like, lot of fighters it, sorry a lot of fighters will relate to me with what I'm saying but a lot of fighters who have had everything and have had that up and that, that support will be like it's mad then like not in it to win like what's he in it for <laughs> a lot of fighters will relate and a lot of fighters won't if you don't mind us asking Paul how old are you? I'm 33 now. So it would have been back in the day where people were smoking in clubs, back in the amateur oh, days. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so one of the back in them days. But like like you said, you weren't in it for the winner. But I, I kind of get what you're feeling and where you're coming from from that because it's sometimes the area where you're from, the environment that you're in, sometimes yeah. the boxing gym, you find what you're lacking from there. Do you know what I mean? Discipline. Self confidence, all self like building up. You said that you never really bothered about winning until your professional days. Yeah. In your amateur days, with was it all just to be? Was it just to tell yourself mentally? Was it to prove to yourself that you could do this? Was it to show others? I don't ever remember even having them conversations with myself. It's hard. One, I, I literally, I think it was just, me, I think it was just meant. Never had any conversation with myself to say, you need to be in the gym, or you need to aim towards this, or you need to win your next ten fights. Or it was not one conversation with myself. 
And you need to tell yourself, you need to... People say, oh, you always need to set goals or you always need to have a target. I went that gym to get out my own. Mm-hmm. I went that gym to release in that gym what I could release at home. I went that gym to get away with what was going on at home. Mm-hmm. That gym was my home where I didn't have them stresses. I didn't have to be around my dad. I didn't have to work what my dad was like. I didn't have to be around my dad thinking. It wasn't anything to do with the boxing. It was to get away from him. And you know what? I know it's coming off off story a little bit here, but you know last lockdown, Mm -hmm. I had that many messages off my boxers that come to my gym. It upset me a lot because I might get upset here, but I had about five or six boxers messaging me, reminding me, telling me now of what they're going on. What, what's happening at their house, which I'm really related to because it took me back to where I was. They're, in their, they're, they're a lot older, like, I'll not say his name, but a 15-year-old who didn't want to be at home. He was literally crying on the phone to me, Paul, can we just go to the gym and it bags for me? Can, you, can we just meet in the gym for an hour? And I couldn't. I could literally not open the gym. I couldn't even leave the house because this island's that small. If you leave or if you're seen, you're, you're, it's over for you, you know what I mean? You're getting the blame, you're getting the finger pointed at you. And it upset me, the fact that I couldn't help this young lad. So going back to me and why I was at the gym, that to me, this young lad asking me, please, Paul, can I just can I just go with some bags? That to me got me. Yeah. And it took me back to my day. So to me, I know this kid's going to box and I know he's got a passion for it. Got something there, but I know he's not there for that. I know yeah. he's there. What's going on? I understand that to a degree, Paul, because sometimes boxing, when you when you get the extensive knowledge of it, when you get to know the game, I believe it's on that person's tools to spread that knowledge, whether that be in boxing, whether that be show them the way in life. Uh, we're all not perfect. We've all had what problems. We've all had what past. Oh, yeah. But boxing does save people in that sense. Now, yeah. I, I totally get where you're saying, wanting to help people. Because even if they don't do well in the boxing, even if they don't do box, you've 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 helped them try and stay on a narrow path. I'm doing that myself with a couple of people. Yeah. So I, I totally get where you're coming from. How, how do you find detaching yourself emotionally from other people's problems when you come to, when they're at the gym? It's hard for me because I've had them problems. I've I've just I've just openly admitted to you that it still gets me when I know people who were going through the same problems I had. It it's it's not easy. It's not. And boxing's not the easiest sport at all, either as a Paul. I mean it is very grueling mate. And to have it, it is. It's just such a hard sport, even when you haven't got those problems. But yeah. it, it, sounds, it sounds stupid, right? But having them problems helps. It does. It having a chip on your shoulder and having something to prove, and being yeah. a fit man and applying that into your training, you can become something. Hundred percent. Do you feel the same way as in? <laughs> 
like you've you've opened the gym up now. Obviously, yeah. how's it? How are you seeing the transformation now? Are you is your boxers are they becoming more open with you now? Are they expressing themselves to, more? My boxers have always been open. I mean, there's a certain few who most most of my boxers that 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 in the teams, the the. Don't get me wrong, I've got kids as well. I've got kids from 6 to 12, and then I've got 13 onwards. And I mix the 13 onwards, obviously the beginners and the, the advanced or whatever you want to call them, just the amateurs are different. But um, I think there's a few now who don't just see me as a coach, they see me as a friend, they see me as a, even the younger ones, like even that person I was talking to you about. Mm-hmm. For them to open up and tell me, I mean, I never ever spoke about my, my problems at home with my coaches. For them to talk to me the way they do, to tell me what's going on. Now, it's either they trust me, they don't mind talking to me, or they just haven't got anyone else, or, they, or they're scared to reach out to anyone else. Now, whatever the reason is that they can't reach out to other people, it's nice to know that they can talk to me. Yeah. Now, I don't know whether it's I'm at a good age now. If I was any older, would they reach out to me? If I was any younger, would they reach out to me? But because I've been open to these people about my past and why I've come into boxing, I think they see that as, well, he's been through that, so I can tell him. Yeah. I always tell my story about me being younger and me not being in it to win it. It's not always about winning. It, there's always I say every fighter's got a story. Most fighters have got some sort of story to why they're fighting. You can't get into fighting. I, I, I'll probably have a lot of people say I'm a liar or that's wrong, but you speak to 90% of fighters that come from problems. That's what I believe. I don't know any of my mates or people that fight now that, are, that have just gone one day, oh, I might try fighting, and they've got no background. I don't yeah. know any. don't know any. I think Mike Tyson described it the most ruthless. Like, boxing is from the gutter. Like, he, he did say that on, I believe it was, Fruit Truck dry, uh, Diaries. He, I do believe him in some sort of sense because you've got to, you, you don't ever see a super rich person come into boxing there. That's you, what I'm saying, yeah. You know what it's, I mean? It's, it's, it's not, it, You can't just come into boxing because it's a passion or because you enjoy it. It doesn't work for me. In my, if you can prove me wrong, then I'll hold my hands up. But if you find someone that's just started boxing just for just because they like it or they've seen on telly and gone, oh, I'll have a go with that. It doesn't work. It mm-hmm. doesn't really doesn't. It really doesn't. I, I could I, I'm not going to, but there's a there's a lad on this island. Um I don't know them. Um, oh yeah, Paul. I'm probably best I'm probably best not because it's <laughs> I don't even want to describe it because he'll I, I'll be disheartened. I, I'm not going to mention that. You'll have to cut that bit. We'll edit that. <laughs> yeah. <Cut. laughs> anyway, getting on to your uh, amateur days. Did you, how how extensive was your amateur career? It was up and down. It was, it, I, after that, after that first year, I got, I got a little bit of a bug for it. I was, I, I, I enjoyed the fighting. When would you say bit you? I think I got a bit of confidence. Like I said, I'm not. I wasn't from a 
I wasn't a fighter. I wasn't a. I never ever. I can't remember ever like even having that that aggression because even when I first started boxing, I realized that I did have a bit of movement. I mean, mm-hmm. I've got a video. I'll have to dig it out of one of my third or fourth fights. I was quite. I was quite slicky. I was quite fast. Yeah, I, you could tell I had something, or I was learning quick because I was only young. So I think after I'd watched, watched something back, after a couple of wins, I was like, oh, you know, I might be good at this. Mm-hmm. Um, where was I going with this? What was the question? Extensive amateur career. Yeah. So I think I think the confidence come, I think, with, with the amount of people. I'm being new to the school. I was in senior school then when I started boxing. People would know me for, for being a boxer. Mm-hmm. And I think I like that. I think I like that. Got a little bit of attention. Um, and there was a lot of, when I was boxing, there was a lot of really good fucking amateurs in my area. Um, where did you start, Paul? In Heighton. Right, right. Well, pretty hot, I mean, pretty hot scene. Yeah, you've got some of the best amateur clubs when I was younger were, they were booming. They were, they were really good. So uh, after a couple of wins, I think I gained some confidence there. And again, I like the attention and, um, things sort of just twigged then and I just didn't look back I just kept going I, as soon as the fight started slowing down I moved clubs I think I boxed for nearly every club in, in Liverpool apart from the best of them the Surly that it's under because I wanted to box against them uh-huh. I did never you, ever boxed did you, bo- did you box any well-known standouts? no I don't have remember no I don't have remember I'm 33 now <laughs> <laughs> Still young, still young, still young man, Paul. Still oh, young. Oh, I feel it. Well, you look fit, mind. You you keep saying, I'm, "Oh, you back into training." I keep thinking yeah. you're constantly fit. You're always fit. I do, yeah, but again, I'm saying, yeah, without the, I am always fit. But that's been day one. I've always, it's pretty easy. I mean, mm-hmm. I can't stop boxing now. The minute I'm not matched up. And some boxers will relate to me again. I mean, missus will tell you. The minute I'm not matched up, or I've not got that, I think the best word a fighter will use is a purpose. The minute that purpose is taken away from me, Lee, I'm a nightmare. Mm-hmm. I go. Do you be- this lockdown, I, going off again, this lockdown, if it wasn't for that Harrison fight last year, I'd have probably. Oh, I wouldn't like to know where it was. I wouldn't. I'd that gives you that focus. Even though the result was the result, and I could only train myself, it was something. To get in the ring with Scott Harrison, man. How are you, man, Paul? I mean, that man. How are you? Again, I wasn't in it to win. I wanted to win. Uh-huh. Some balls, win. man. Some balls. I got any. No, I fight the fight. How are you? Yeah. Fucking Scott Harrison, man. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? Don't get me wrong, I'm not, I'm not taking it away from him. It is Scott Harrison. It's just a fight. <laughs> Shrugging it <laughs> off as if it's nothing there, Paul, honestly. <laughs> the man's a legend, but you know, I, I believe I could win that fight, but I and I do believe if I if I had the proper trainers the way I say now, with mm-hmm. the help trainers with the sparring. I believed I would have beat him that night. How long did you have to train for that fight? 
I think I had eight weeks. No, hang on. I had one. No. I think it was between eight and ten weeks. But I was staying in the shed. I wasn't able to train. I wasn't able to spar. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Scott had his old gym there. And he was still training. Yeah. Had the sparring. He had the help. Sparring is it's crucial, man, isn't it? I was in the shed doing bag work and road work. That was it. <sighs> Don't get me wrong. I got in good shape. I was in I was in the best shape of my life because all I could do was run. Mm-hmm. I was 10 miles a day. I was fit. But I'd never... Another thing as well, and this is no excuse, the fight was at 9 stone 9. My fights have been between 10 stone and... I've never boxed as a pro. Uh, lightweight, never. Because I've never been able to make the weight. Like well, uh, well uh. I've always boxed from 10 to 10-6. Mm-hmm. And I've had results, I've had good results. That getting down to that weight was a struggle, especially on my own. Of course it is, because when you're when you're so used to having your body at a certain weight, and even it it, it is so tight, people do not understand like the struggle four to four pounds it was. That was it. From that ten stone to nine nine. People will go four pounds, daddy. When you not left on you, and you have to be off to a salt bath. Yeah, four pounds. Do you know what, Lee? I have to salt bath on the on on the day of the way, and because obviously the traveling from from Orkney to yeah. you have to leave the day before. So I was ten stone. I was ten stone. I knew I was going to have to lose a bit of weight, but I, I was only expecting the four pounds. So I left for that fight. I left on Thursday night or when? Yeah, Thursday night. And I got the six hour boat throughout the night. I never drank on Thursday night. I never ate. I never drank. I was 10 stone. So I was expecting to lose a two pound on traveling. Mm-hmm. Um, we weighed in it. I'd done a pre weight check at 12 o'clock on the day, but we wasn't getting weighed in till four o'clock. I jumped on them scales. I was 10 stone four. I was like, I was wow. this. It must have been the traveling. So I went and got Epsom salt. So when I done a salt bath. So I'd done that half an hour before me weighing. And I still had net from Thursday. I drank from Thursday night. So we went and got the Epsom salt. So I, I asked the reception if they could put me in a room with a bath. I got a bath. I was lying there for half an hour. I put me shown a few times, lied on the floor. 10 to 4, jumped up, gets ready. I felt okay. Mm-hmm. Get on the scales, nine stone seven. I do, I'll get a picture for you. Ten stone four to nine stone seven in 35 minutes. That's ruthless. I felt fine. I felt fine. I was standing on the scales. I felt absolutely fine. There's probably still more to take off me. Wow. Um, I went, I, I phoned Paul Bentley and I was like, look, I've made weight. Watch the perfect way to do this now because if I start shoving food down, yeah. doing he said, you have to do this and you have to do that. Do you know that night I felt fine? Jumped back on the scale, it was 10 stone. So I knew I'd put a bit on. Mm-hmm. The worst thing I'd done was I had a fizzy drink. I had a Red Bull that night. Saturday morning, I felt like shit. Wow. But throughout the day, I started feeling okay. So I was eating I was eating well. I was, I was drinking plenty of water. I felt getting ready. I felt sharp as anything. I felt, I felt fine. It was like everything was gone. Fell back to normal. First round, felt sharp as fuck. 
second round, I was like, Whew. I start, I, I felt a shift in his, I felt a shift in his gear. I felt him change. Right. So it was like, to me, it was like that first round, he was trying to suss me out, but I was, I was sharp. I, uh-huh. I, I don't know if you watched the fight, but he didn't hit me. He didn't touch me. He didn't come near me. I, I made him look his age. That second round, it was like he'd gone, okay, I need to look me game here. I felt it. Third round, it felt like someone had popped me with a needle. I was exhausted. Wow. That's all back from the day before, that half an hour and a half back. That third round, I felt it. Wow. Paul me, if you don't do what I do, you're going to feel that all back. And I did. I felt it. Fuck. How did you find the... The difference in level, as in ring IQ, did you find it any different or what? what? I don't know. I, I, don't get me wrong. He didn't do much. It wasn't... I, I can only go off what I felt. Now, what I felt was... Like, I'm coming up to this fight, people were telling me, you're mad, you're, you're boxing Scott Harrison. I was like, look, I know, but I'm... I know what I'm capable of. I know the boxing move. And I don't let get into that fight. I'll be okay. But then, obviously, there was a lot of people kept warning me about his power. Now, I know he's got power. I know he's a fighter. But the more people that said it to me, and I had people that were doing me corner saying to me, Paul, do not let him land that right hand. Do not let him land that left hand. And I'm like, fucking hell, he's only got the two hands. Yeah. <laughs> I was uh, like, he's going to say, he's <laughs> So in my head, 20 minutes, 30 minutes before I was on, I started not worrying, but I started thinking that this is close now. You know, I need to start switching on. I need to I need to really focus on hitting and moving. So anyway, that first round, if you go back and watch it, I moved as much as I could. And obviously, going back to me doing a salt bath and only having myself think, it was only so long, and I don't care. It's only so long you're going to keep that pressure up against Scott Harrison. Mm-hmm. Now, now I realise that I started far too quick. But going back to the Woody, I started quick and I knew by the second round I needed to settle my feet. So I started settling my feet a little bit more. Now he caught me with a right hand in that second round and I think it was a good right hand. Straight away I, th- I said to myself, is that it? Like, is that what I've been worried about? He hit me again. Nah, I'm standing in front of him. That third round, I tried to stand in front of him, and I was I was only thinking about these headshots. Yeah. And then I realised I neglected the body. I neglected his IQ. So there's me worrying about these headshots. And by the <laughs> time I'm, I'm said to myself, oh, I'm not I'm not worried. I'll take one of them. He's hit me downstairs. So going to his IQ, he's made me feel that and I. Gained the confidence of taking that shot, and then he's gone downstairs. Like it, he's give you a false sense of security where you've, yeah, I'm with it's, you. But when you ask me about his IQ, the man's got IQ in boxing. I mean, his record speaks for itself. Of course it does. Well, I I was saying to I I have asked Rio and I have asked Liam McAllister if that fight will ever happen again because he said to me he would have to be match. But. I think it'll be a complete different story if he takes it. Would you, would you stick a more to what you're doing in the first round? Or would you... Yeah, I'll get the sparring in. The sparring's important, mate. I mean, 
it's it's like anything. I mean, he might. I think he completely wrote me off mm-hmm. before he got him. I mean, he's looking at my record. He's looking at his box. He's looking at me boxing under the even of like he's just a kid. Or like he might be able to box, but I'm Scott Harrison. You know, he's probably written me off before he got in it. If you watch him go back to this the stool at the end of that first round, if you watch his face, I'd love to know what was going through his head. Because <laughs> I remember him going back. You have to watch it. Watch it. Go after this interview. Go back and watch it. Go to the end of the first round. Watch him sit on the stool. He goes. As if <laughs> watch it. I'm telling you, you'll see it all over his face. But then that's when I'm telling you, he he knew we had to change. He knew we had to do something different. Or he knew he had to. It was like he'd gone. I've looked past this kid too much. Or this isn't going to be as easy as I thought. I'm going to have to like put a little bit of pressure. And I felt it in his feet. I felt it in the way he shifted his movement. Felt it. The shots are the same. He put a bit more pressure in because I felt it. I, I did feel a little bit of power. But again, if it wasn't for the me neglecting his IQ, because yeah. I thought he was going to come and fight. I thought he, I was ready for him just to run at me. I mean, there was a lot of things I could have done in that fight to slow him down a bit more, like tie him up, spin him round, yeah. hit him, bring him in. I didn't do any of that. Now, as soon as I got out of that fight, I was like, why didn't I tie him up? Why didn't I, why didn't I do this? Why didn't I do that? I think if I was to go into that fight again, I'd do a lot of things differently. I'd make it a lot easier for me. Rather than worry about him, I worried about him too much. What would you say is your best performance, your most satisfying performance in your professional career? It's hard to say because in my pro career, my first forward on the road, like I went through, again, I went through a stage where I wanted a fight. I didn't want to win. And leave it that so I had two under the British boxing board and then knocked it on the head because at home I wasn't in a good place. I was going down the wrong path. I was in it for the money. I was in it for the fight. That was me. Like my first two pro fights. I got stopped by both of them. I knew it wasn't for me. I was, I was going back for all the time and effort I put into the boxing. And then I was looking at it and I was like, I need to stop it. I was talking to myself. I was like, this is not for me. I'm going to get in. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to because I put a lot of time. I put a lot of time in effort into the boxing. So I stopped. Um, that was after boxing for Keaton Farrell, signed to Keaton Farrell. I, I always regret what I've done at all, but I can't because the place I'm in now, like when I moved to Orkney, I'd had four fights and lost four. Liam McAllister said to me, what are you doing? And I was like, what do you mean? He said, four years away. He literally said to me, stop being on the road, turn it around. Mm-hmm. And I guess some wins and I was like, well, one, I can't sell tickets. Two, I couldn't be asked. I wasn't in it. Mm-hmm. And you know, when I moved up here and I seen the support I was getting because of what I was giving to the community, I thought, you know what? I'll try. Mm-hmm. I've been up here for four months. Yeah. And then I fell up from, I fell up from down, down our way. Best of me saying, I've got you to fight. Did you want to hear from Buck on our show? Uh, it'll be for the English title. And I thought, you know what? I've lost four. I've had four, lost four. I can't get put into an English fight later on. They're being set up. So 
So we have those boxes put it over eight rounds with Jay Kennedy and I beat him. And that's what made me go, right, this is it now. I'm going to turn this round and I lift the name of Alistair. So since that fight, I've had nine fights, eight wins, seven stoppages. Fucking hell, man. I know the only loss is the scuff. Wow. Wow. So you completely turned it around. But I knew I could. I just needed to, I needed to have that. that I needed, like I said, here from the start, there's always been something there, but it wasn't in here. Yeah. Need to go. Let's go win. I, I've never been in it for the win. Uh-huh. But since winning that, that English title, something, and I'm moving and having that fresh star and, a lot just before the movie, my dad died as well. So I think that closed some some book on, on on my past. I think it was like, okay, I need to stop. I can stop worrying about that. And it sounds really silly, but even for me, even for my mum, it closed, it closed, it closed a lot for the for the house, it closed a lot for the family. I mean it sounds it sounds terrible, that, but no, it doesn't. It doesn't I understand what? that. Yeah. So I understand. So I had I had a little girl when I moved here. She was when I moved here, um, I'd been here four months. I just buried my dad. My, my little girl had just turned six months old. So it was everything was new. It was it was clean slate. It, it was made. So I think then, and I was only a boat ride away from the McAllister. So I was like, okay, I could do this. And ever since then, I've I've not looked back. I've I've, I've gone for the win. I've work hard in the gym I've got my own gym thrived in the situation I've got everything at the minute I've got everything I I could ever want I've got kids looking up to me I've got a community behind me I've got a little girl and my dad there's no worries the only Mm. worries I've got now is is making sure my family are good yeah and I I enjoy the boxing the only thing that's upsetting me now is obviously going back to the COVID is this COVID situation ruining it for not just my boxing, but for me to give my boxers that chance to fight because I had I had Orkney's this island. I had the first boxing show ever set up ready for the I think it was the eleventh of April last year. I was two weeks away Lee, from pulling oh. this off. Two weeks away, COVID come in and stopped it. Honestly, it's something obviously. It's- the money's irrelevant. I mean, I've lost out on it a lot, and there's still money being held, but I've lost out on everything. But I'm still grinding. I'm still trying. I've still got my gym. The boxing club will be affiliated from August, so I'll officially in August have an amateur boxing club, which has never been here before. Wow, wow. Are you having an opening day for that, or are you having any media there? Or I'm gonna. I'm. I mean, I can't say yet at the minute because I'm still waiting on me change of use for the building so I, I still officially haven't opened me gym as a business yeah um but I have got things set up I'm ready for the day of the official affiliation you'll have to let one know and hopefully we'll oh, get yeah. a trip up you know oh, what I mean? oh you love it yeah bring the cameras and that bring everything oh, Oh, you'll love it. So, uh, would you like to give any shout-outs to sponsors, any people who've been a major help through these times? 
there's that many. Well, there's a few that have stuck with me from from day one. So um, yeah, I'll big shout out to a uh, few sports, um, naughty boy fight there. Um, Jesus, that many. Let me have a look. There's that many. Uh, uh, ESL, uh, Alfred Fleck, um, Robertson and Bain, The Brig, Condo Way, KW15, STEM Fitness, KC's Construction, uh, Ben A, obviously, who's been helping me, STEM Conditioning, um, I can't miss Hannah Brennan. <laughs> I knew we were gonna have to squeeze Hannah in there somewhere. <laughs> I actually, I love the girl. I mean, this, this is not against boxing. This you know not to do boxing, but that girl's been a, a fucking legend to me because I started losing me um, in March. It's gone pretty quick. I mean, thirty past year at the minute. I started losing me, and she's always been there for me. I mean, I've known Hannah for years, but. When I started losing me, I, I, I was going down and I had the box and I had everything and I was still losing it. And she she was there saying to me, Paul, forget about it. And she was there to give me confidence. So big shout out to Anna. Yeah, she's been through that as well, Paul. You know what I mean? I mean, bless her. She, she's been through a lot, Hannah, and she does try her best for everybody. She just wants to help people. She's always there for people. Uh, I, I love the last Big shout out to you, Hannah. Keep doing what you're doing. Uh, Paul. That's pretty much it for this one, but I believe we're going to come back at a later date. Uh, we can't mention anything of what's going to be happening on that later date one, but it will be fire. Um, any up and coming news, Paul? Uh, when you come I, have the... I have got something in line um, for August 14th. I can't, I can't say too much, but yeah. it's August 14th. Um, that's all I can say. Uh, yeah, August 14th. And once I can release any more information, um, I'll let you know so you can get it out there. But August 14th, I, I'm training for that date. Well, like I said, if we'll bring you on nearer the time of that. Um, we can put it up on the website now because we've got on the website that we're going to be that's live today as well. So we'll put all the details. Maybe it's a five poster on that just to help boost, see if we can get some traffic diverted, see if we can get any people more interested. But uh, yeah. as for today, Paul, that is it. That is the one. It is, honestly, I'm not joking. I could do this and speak to you all morning. Very interesting character. Very, very interesting character. Um, just like to give a big shout out to Mr. Bloom's Black Seed Oil Mechanics, Spartan BK Fight Club, and Scott West Shellfish for the continued support during these absolute weird and crazy times. Uh, but until the next time, peace.